Welcome to Powerful, the podcast. Powerful, optimistic women evolving relentlessly for uplifting lives. This podcast will discuss powerful topics regarding unspoken conversations that we usually shy away from on public platforms. the powerful podcast powerful optimistic women evolving relentlessly for uplifting lives my name is Shalonda Carlisle and our other host today is Dr. Bianca Thompson okay and we have a special guest that is on the show today his name is Jason Watkins so today's topic we're going to talk about why did you get married so we're gonna start um Jason how long were you married tell us you know how many times you've been married tell us a little bit about yourself um I'm Jason Watkins Uh, I've been married uh four different times the longest one was uh three years and the shortest one was 60 days so I asked away. Okay. So the first question today is what were the key factors in choosing your spouse? Each time was different. My first wife, that was kind of one of those uh, love at first sight type deals. I don't know if people really believe in that, but she literally just uh, kind of like blew me away. So everything after that was kind of like a, a whirlwind. Okay. Uh, the rest of them, like I said, they were all kind of, they were, of course, they're different individuals. So it, that question kind of be catered towards how I was feeling and what I was going through in my life at that particular point. Okay. So they all had their unique qualities that attracted you to them. Correct. Okay. So... Key factors in choosing your spouse. Um, Dr. Bully, what are some things that attracted you to your spouse? Well, I've known my spouse for several years, even through high school. And that was something as a young teenager, I said, we're going to get married. And even through the ups and downs, we always drifted back to each other at the time of growing up we had the we were on the same as they say equally yoked we came up the same way had the same aspirations and for me it was not financial it was more of companionship friendship my love language is affection and spending time and so it was love and then more so security my mom, I grew up um, in a one-parent home, and my mom, she, um, when she passed, she was not married. She was alone, and I didn't want that for myself. I also wanted children with that person, and in my mind, no other person could be that person but who I'm married to now. In talking to some of my clients in my private practice, 
you made a good point. Some of the things that they said attracted them to their spouses past trauma from childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, if they didn't have a two-parent home or if a grandparent was raising them, they kind of reflected their spouse on what they didn't receive or what they didn't receive when they were a child. And they wanted to make sure when they got married that they was able to, you know, make sure that those type of things happened when they got received or got married and wanted to live happily ever after. You know, they wanted to make sure that the trauma that they had in childhood would not be relieved in their adulthood. Correct. Okay. So, do so, you... Uh-huh, go ahead. With that being said, but is that necessarily a healthy way of viewing things or looking for a companion because you're you're trying to correct well, are you trying to correct like a generational issue or are you just trying to correct something that that, that particular person felt wrong in their life? I would say no at the time it was <laughs> my point of view, but as you grow, you live, you experience life, you understand that's not realistic and that I don't know if the right terminology would be healthy, but it's not realistic in going forward and deciding who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Well, I can agree to that because, like I said, um, each time I've gotten married was either normally right after some type of trauma that had happened to me that changed the way my uh, my mental like that's just what it was for me. Um, and like I said, those, those young ladies at the time, they provided something that either someone in my family didn't do, or I, like, I just felt like I really couldn't open up to them or my friends at that, you know, at that time to, uh, to just confide in. So I, I do understand that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did your flesh choose your spouse or did God lead you to your spouse? I've asked this question many times when some of my friends have gotten married. And some of those times they tell me that they can't answer that. For me, yeah, it it was probably 100% time of the flesh. And then after time had went by, um, if some of our core values lined up, then I think that was kind of it. But I don't think God ever really had a... uh, a factor into that for me. Like, I don't really think it was. Okay. For me, I would say it was more, it was a little bit of God, nothing really to do with flesh, more so where I grew up, it was more being familiar and, and loyalty and trust with whether it was partnership, marriage, friendship, Loyalty and trust is something that had to be a part of that commitment. So for me, that's what it was. My husband, I knew I could, if something was to happen to me, I knew he would do what was right by me. I knew if I needed something, I knew he would be there. So that's what it was for me. Okay. Do you feel that there were benefits to getting married? 
A lot of people, to be quite honest, when somebody comes to me for counseling or any type of therapy, when they're talking, it's never primarily for love. It's like they have a checklist of why they want to get married is, you know, I want to have a child. I, you know, I want to be able to go to different events with my husband. You know, it's more for validation is one of the benefits. Well, mar- marriage is, is a contract. I mean, it's a business. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, then you wouldn't have to enter, you wouldn't have to sign paperwork to do it. And you wouldn't have to hire lawyers and go through all the courts to, get unmarried so yeah, I think love has a place in, in marriage but I don't believe it's solely based upon love it's, it's not so if you can't see yourself being based upon uh, being with a person and then be able to handle business with them long term then I don't see where marriage would to, to fit most people because most people base marriage upon love at, at this, this point in my life now I realize that that's not the, the that's not the end all tell all. So, so let's go back to choosing your spouse by by flesh. How has choosing your spouse by flesh affected your life? Like, what impact did it have um, that you chose, you know, the flesh instead of going toward God? Hmm. You know, I, when I first got married, I was twenty four, twenty three, twenty four. So. The mentality that you have in your 20s versus the mentality you have in your 30s versus the mentality you have in your 40s or 50s, it changes as you get older because, of course, you go through things. And you realize that, you know, the body changes, the looks changes, um, your maturity level changes. So that's going to change with the type of woman that you are looking for or, you're, you know, what you're attracted to as well. So that part of the flesh is going to forever be changing. Um as you mature, you start looking for different character roles and core values and, and things of that nature as well. So like God with that, unless he himself just runs down and says, Hey, this is the one right here, my my son, my guy. And uh, that's it. So I don't know if I will ever just be that person to say, yeah, God put her, her put her here in my life. Now we may have crossed paths and I do believe in faith, if I can actually say that God would be the person to to determine that for me. So in this day and age, are people entering marriage to be happy or because of the glitz and glam of a impressing social media? I feel like a lot of people get married because of what they see on social media and Instagram. I've seen in Facebook, I've seen several people seem totally blissfully in love on Facebook and when I or Instagram and when I see them in person it's not that or maybe a few weeks or a few months later take like Tia Mowry for instance you know her and Corey (laughs) you know for for about four months ago blissful about four or five months ago blissful and now they're getting a divorce and she's saying she's living her best life and she she had an epiphany and she said it was all about putting herself first and making herself happy and none of that included Corey and I'm like I just because I'm one of the ones that watch her, her cooking show 
And I was like, she was just on saying how happy she was. What ha- what ha- Look, how they say, what had happened <laughs> in just that short period of time? <laughs> you know, so it's not what it seems. And, and a lot of times, and that's why I stay off social media, I, I look and I be like, hmm, oh, okay, they doing this, they doing that. But then you talk to the person, it's nothing like that. But a lot of people, they live up to other people's standards, it's especially when they see what's going on on Facebook. They, they, A lot of people say, that's what I want, or I want that in my marriage, or couple goals. That's the key, that's, that's the key phrase people are using now. That's couple goals. And, and none of it is couple goals. Every relationship in each and every person is individualized. And what makes one relationship successful or marriage successful is not going to make yours successful, may or may not. But also, people on social media only show you the good portion. They're not going to tell you what's really going on behind closed doors. So sometimes we seek validation for something that is not even actually a reality. Their life can be totally different Outside of social media, you can present, uh, portray any type of life you want. We're on vacation. We're going to dinner. Couples goals, like you said. But in real life, you could be suffering. So, you know, a lot of people, they live in this social media reality um, because we don't want to, I guess we don't want to, think that that is not real or that's something that's not obtainable in our relationship. I call it the avatar life. The avatar life. Okay. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's people on there, you know, they're, they're just, it's like a fantasy. They just portraying with, they either want to either how they want their marriage to be or how they want the, the naysayers to see or the other people they're trying to impress to see. It's like they dress up like on Avatar. They dress up, put their clothes on, and they they go out for a show, action. And, and that's what you see. Absolutely. What do you think, Jason? I, I do agree with what you all have both said. But for me, happiness starts within. So I have seen a lot of times that people will try to poor happens into someone and they lose themselves. What works for me doesn't necessarily work for the next person. And I can't really worry about what the next people do. That takes too much energy from what I have going on in my real life. You know what I'm saying? So the social media thing keeps people from being open-minded. You know, it's like you say, the, the couple goes, well, you know, they, I've seen now, now like the little reels where they're doing the little index cards, you know, and this, that, and other. That was just something that, you know, one person started that was that the therapist may have told them to do while they was in couples counseling and, you know, it was working for them. But what they did know is that when they go home and close the door, they're biting each other's, you know, face off, arguing and bickering. Like you don't get to see that part of it. So I, I feel like it's it's a one sided situation and it's, it's, it's unrealistic at the most. Absolutely. And like you said, happiness does start within if you're not happy. How are you going to pour into somebody else? So you need to work on being happy first. 
so that you can work on whatever relationship that you're trying to have. And, and what would, right. what advice would you give those who want to maintain a long lasting, healthy relationship? From my experience, you know, happy people attract happy people. You're going to attract what you, what you put out into the world, into the universe. So you're going to have to, Set your own boundaries for yourself and for others. They're going to have to as well be tolerable of that too. And you have to stand on that because a lot of times we have friends and family that just come into our life and, you know, because we love them for whatever reason that we love them and we're trying to help them or, or see them through certain things. We, we become their punching bag. And then after we've tried to mend them, we're not even where we started to begin with, you know what I'm saying? So now we have a cycle that we have to try to mend the help and then there's no one to help you. Or at the end of the day, you just have to do what's best for you. Like when you wake up in the morning time, do things that make you happy. Whether it just be, I like Starbucks. I'm going to go to Starbucks and get the biggest cup of coffee, whatever it is that you want for Starbucks because that makes you happy at that particular time. That's okay. You have to have, a, you have, to have some self-entitlement in order to make it, you know, from day to day. And, you know, that's that's kind of shunned if you really think about it. Absolutely. Um, communication, I know, is very important in having a long-lasting relationship. A lot of people don't communicate or let their partner know how they feel. You know, sometimes when they're feeling not their best or are dealing with some inner demons, they don't express or communicate. They keep all of that information inside and it causes problems. So communication, I think, is very important in having a long-lasting relationship. And also knowing your partner's love language and being able to adapt and change. Because just because a person was this way at the first portion of their relationship, we evolve as people. So if they evolve and say, hey, I wanted to kind of stay home at the first portion of my relationship and now I want to do a different career, just change. Be okay with them changing if it makes them happy, if you see positive growth. Well, I found that that's, that's not necessarily not always taken as a good thing because my experience when just say you got married and, you know, just that another, I know life happens, but a lot of people don't like, they don't like change. So they feel like what, what they enter to is what they wanted to stay. And then one person is going to grow and, and, and embrace the change. And the next person is going to be like, but I don't want that. That's so at that moment, right. So at, at that moment, you actually have a rift. It stays there. And that, that, that just turns into the first issue. That turns into, I don't feel like, you know, she, they had my back. I don't feel um, all of that. So that, that, just, that just causes problems uh, later on. Yeah, that, that's, that, I, I agree with him. You know, two people, they start off one way. One pe- one person continues to grow, and then the other person says, well, you changing. Well, life is fluid. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to continue to grow. And like Shalonda said, you should embrace change and growth long as it's positive. But a lot of, you know, in your relationship, if you outgrow one another, be honest with each other and acknowledge 
that we've outgrown one another. You have to be honest with yourself, what you want in your marriage, what you want in your, cause my marriage is a partnership, what you want in your partnership. You need to be honest with yourself. And if I think I was listening to Will Smith one time, you have to be happy first. Another person can't make you happy. They should be able to add to your happiness, but not, you should not be with a person and put that burden on that other person to make you happy. Be happy first. Know what you want out of life. Know what you want out of your relationship. Be truthful and stand in your truth. So I do have a, a question. So I've seen people who have been married for 20, 30 years, and then they just um, divorce. The only reason why I could feel like you can spend two to three decades with a person and weather like all type of storms and then just realize that y'all are not no, no longer compatible would be because one person outgrew the next person and like they're that the person that they outgrew is now becoming a hinder. That's one aspect. You know, another aspect is that a lot of people stay in marriage for say like financial reasons. I know a couple that stayed together and I think maybe the sixth or seventh year they had been having issues from him not paying bills, her doing everything. And it it was just, it it was doomed. And I remember saying, Hey, if y'all not going to stay married, you need to get out of the marriage before 10 years because after 10 years, he's entitled to, just about half of everything that you have and you're the the breadwinner. Well, it prolonged and prolonged over 20 years. And then when it finally got to the point of, I, I, I can't take it anymore. They had been married 20 years, more than 20 years. And it, then it became a little bitter because he had to, he was entitled to half of everything, but over 10 or 15 years, it was them sleeping in separate rooms, them having separate lives, but staying up under the same roof. So it was already. I just never understand the purpose of that. Oh, no, like, I don't I, understand the purpose of that either. That's why I said stand in your truth. Be honest with yourself. If the marriage is not working, the partnership is not working. I'm not saying just leave, go to counseling, try to come to get on the same you know, path. And if it's not. I mean, it's not the end of the world to the person that you once loved become a season in your life. Right. So as humans, we one of the things that we dislike most is failure. And the one thing that you really want to hate that you failed upon is love or that you failed in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sets up a, a, a wall that you become guarded over time and then the next person that comes along that may be good for you now has to break all these walls down that you have put up for yourself because you failed to just accept that all things are not meant to last forever. You know, I, I don't know of anything that, that stays the same other than change. Change is the only thing I know that changes every day. And also people are afraid to let go. We, we're used to this. We know how this person is and we're afraid right. that we are not able to move on or we're not able to find somebody else. So 
People stay complacent in relationships when it's time for that relationship to go. So what I'm hearing today is, you know, living in your reality, communicating, finding your own happiness and be able to change and let go is some of the key components in having a long lasting, healthy relationship. Would that be considered a top behavior that, you know, you, you, we sit around and prolong things because we're absolutely hoping that it gets better in in your heart of hearts. You know, that you you just don't have it in you. It's very toxic. It's very toxic, very unhealthy, you know, but some people are used to being with toxicity. So they stay in it. But I, I do believe that when the season is over and it's no longer serving you, you should let it go. Jason, I want to thank you for being on Power for the Podcast. We had a wonderful time with you today. Yes, thank you, Jason, for being with us today. No problem. I look forward to more. Absolutely. Y'all ladies have a blessed weekend. You do the same. All right. Bye-bye.